Okay, praise the Lord. Thank you. Draw me nearer, draw me nearer, Lord. Draw me nearer, nearer to Thee, my song every day. my host and hostess, uh, my host reverend and all the leaders of the church, and it gladdens my heart that it's a reunion service for me and the family of Oyebanji, and I didn't know it's 34 years already, <laughs> looks like 34 days ago. Thank God for your family, and I'm happy to see you here again. I'm bringing you God's word from Numbers chapter 17. Numbers chapter 17. And I'm very happy and excited to see that this month is a turnaround month. And that is what God is going to do here today. Numbers 17 verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and take of every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers. Of all their princes according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the te- congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave him a rod apiece, for each prince one, according to their father's houses, even twelve rods. And the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. And it came to pass that on the morrow, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. And behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and brought forth birds, bloomed blossoms, yielded almonds. 
what we are reading here this morning was not a parable. It wasn't a, a frame-up. It was a reality. A reality in which God wanted to bring to an end all kinds of arguments and doubts about the spiritual leadership that he had arranged for Israel. And when God wants to end an argument, he brings up a supernatural that is beyond reason, beyond psychology and beyond our sciences. And this morning I have looked up to God that in your lives, many of you who are here because we're having a special event here, that God will bring to an end all arguments, all doubts, all controversies. Say louder, amen. amen. It comes to an end. When you are said to be somebody that doesn't know book and you came out with first class, it comes to an end. When you are said to be poor and you are buying the kind of things the rich cannot buy, it comes to an end. When you are said to be a non-entity and you have become better than their professors, when God wants to bring to an end all kinds of controversies and doubts, he does something that is beyond science. Here, as we have just read, the life and ministry of Moses and Aaron had run into all kinds of controversies since they left Egypt. Seven times in the ministry run of the life of Moses, they murmured. And each time this morning has come up, you are wondering if all the miracles God did in Egypt were valid. Each time the memories came up, you begin to ask yourselves if it was true that the Red Sea divided and we crossed. Each time the arguments come up, it puts a doubt on previous benevolence. Was it true that Manna grew, we ate. Was it true that quails came? Was it true that God made the waterworks out of a rock? Each time the arguments come up, it puts a doubt and a query on the credibility of their ministry. And God said it has come to, it's got to come to an end. My prayer this morning is all perennial arguments and those things that raise doubts about who you are, what you can do. God will do something spectacular to bring the arguments to an end. Amen. Say loud amen. amen. We live in controversies and doubts and people challenge the validity of who you are and what you do. But God brings up something spectacular that is beyond argument and it will be in levels. Say amen if you believe. Amen. God said, you see, what we will now come to is this. Let everybody provide a rod. So it's not that somebody gave you, you are the one who brought it. It's not that somebody brought it from somewhere, we don't know the origin. No, you are the one who brought this one. And every rod, one house, a rod, 12 rods. 
And because the house of Levi was providing leadership, Moses and Aaron were from the tribe of Levi with their sister, the prophetess, Miriam. And it's the privilege of Joseph and Amram, who are the parents of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, in that gradient, taking the number from the back. Moses, the youngest, and then Aaron, the elder, and Miriam, the, Miriam, the eldest. Sometimes you wonder how God picks his number. When God called Saul, Saul told Samuel, he said, I am from the tribe of Benjamin, the last tribe. And my house, my father's house in the tribe of Benjamin is the last house. So we're talking of the last of the last. The last race of power two. That my father's house is the last in the last. When God called David and Samuel got to the house of Jesse and the big boys were rolling forward and God would say, no, not this one, then the next one, not this one, the next one. Until we, don't, we can't find anybody coming. And Samuel had to ask Jesse, are these all your children? He scratched his head to remember, oh, there's one in the bush. It's the last one. Grace picks his number from behind. If he picks it from the force, that's man. But the Bible says the last shall be force. So we who are in leadership, Miriam, Aaron, Moses, and we are always in contention. This contention many times is not only limited to the public space of public administration, but sometimes it's also domestic. When Miriam and Aaron accused Moses to challenge his leadership. If it were just those who don't know us, yes. But when it's coming from within, it's harder to tackle. In-house hostility and cruelty. May God deliver us. Amen. Say aloud amen if you believe amen. If Cain were not the elder brother of Abel, it might not have been easy to kill him. I pray that those who hide behind relationship to shoot arrow, and people who shoot at close range, they will not miss. Because they are not shooting from a distance. May the Lord deliver us. Amen. Say louder amen if you believe. Amen. So the controversy that the Lord was set out to end was not just the controversy as it concerns the leadership of Israel, but also a domestic doubt that God intends to put an end to. In this service and over this past next few days, God will be bringing an end to all kinds of controversies around you. God will be bringing to an end for real all kinds of controversies that may be around you. Not just around you, but within your own self. Sometimes we face 
situations and conditions of adversity that make us even doubt our talent. I once met a man on the streets of Lokoya when Kogi State was created, and people migrated from Kwara State down. I met him on the street, and I, I said, sir, it looks like I used to know you in Elori. You are, you are, he said, my name? I said, yes. He said, eh, eh, my name? May you not be troubled within. <laughs> when you are troubled within, you forget what you teach. When you are troubled within, your feet shake on your own ground. When you are troubled within, you forget your name. When you are troubled within, you stammer to provide an answer to what you know. These services will be bringing reassurances and self-confidence to those who are losing their essence. I pray that these services will reassure you and build faith back into you. Come on, say it loud, amen. I prayed before I came here that I would not leave you the way I met you here. So God told Moses what you will do, pick a rod. Let them bring it themselves. So nobody will doubt the origin and where it's coming from. So each person brought a rod. But there's a particular rod we will be interested in because this rod will be marking divine approval and endorsement. He said, bring the rod of Aaron. And when you bring them, there's a place to keep them. I believe in the presence of God. He said, put them in the presence. Twice we found it in the text we read in, uh, before the, the, the testimony. Before the witness, you see, testimony, witness, that is put it there. There's a place where testimony domicile. There's a place, you see, when you are in the presence of God, the presence of God will infuse into your being God himself and your mortality will begin to reflect God's immortality. That's how when Moses stayed in the presence of God for 40 days and 40 nights, the presence of God permeated his being. And when it came that it was reflecting back and nobody can look at his face. You in the presence of God this morning, you will be going back home with something you have added in value. So put them in the presence of God. This rod has history. Listen. If we are to count the years and number the, the years that this rod had been in the hand of Moses, we should be. This was the rod Moses had in his hand when he was tending the flock of Jethro in Midian. And you know he was there for 40 years. How long this rod was in his hand before he received the call, we cannot tell. But we can tell 
that they left Egypt and they're on their way 40, under 40 years before they arrived Canaan land. So we could add one and two and know that this rod had been in the hand of Moses for close to 40 years thereabout. Because this was the rod in his hand when he was called. When he was called, what is in your hand? Is that a rod? Drop it. It became a snake. Pick it up. It became a rod. Put your hand here. Bring it out. Which is immediately to indicate the power center for the ministry and the call of Moses. That his power will be in his hand. When God called Joshua, he put his power in his leg. He said, wherever the sole of your feet will touch, you conquer the place, whether or not you have a weapon. That's why when Moses got to the Red Sea, he raised his hand over the Red Sea. The Red Sea gave way, became dry land. And they passed. But Joshua got to River Jordan and told the people to put their leg because he knew where his own was. You know, if you want to clap, clap. I didn't ask you to clap. No, I didn't, I didn't beg you to clap. If you want to clap, you want to clap, you clap. When they were going to bring down the wall of Jericho, if it was Moses, Moses would raise hand like this, the wall come down. Joshua said, in our own case, what we will do? Because his son was where? When you discover your power center, the day you offend it, power goes, when they told something, they say your own day. You understand? So, something is not the kind of person that you hear, what is wrong going to a Baba? There's nothing wrong going to a Baba, but for you, it's wrong. I hear these questions in church. What's wrong? We ask you to go and do baptism. You talk back. They say, be the thief on the cross did not do baptism. And Jesus told him that today you'll be with me in paradise. Are you a thief? <laughs> if you are a thief, are you on the cross? <laughs> each, time, each time we try to put you online, you, you switch yourself back on. Now Paul told Timothy, to be drinking uh, alcohol, small, small, because of his stomach. Do you have stomach pain? <laughs> Do you want to have one? <laughs> there, are, there are things that are not really wrong, but they are not meant for you because of your call, because of the way God wants to manage your destiny. You can't go that way can't go that way. Stop the argument. So, this rod, the history of it was that it's been in his hand right from Egypt. I live in the north. I walk in the north. I preach in the north. This rod, this shepherd rod, 
I also I live in a ranch because I studied at Greek in school. I have cows. I am also a herdsman, but my own <laughs> my own only keep person. <laughs> so the and I also been a missionary to different countries where they rear cattle. The rod is almost part of dressing of a herdsman. That's why you see them when they are even coming to town, they carry it along where there are no cows. When David said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay? Shepherd, shepherd. Then he got down and said, thy rod. Because usually the shepherd has a rod. That's why he said, thy rod and thy staff. They're not the same thing. They're the same thing, but they're not the same thing. They're not for the same use. The rod, the rod for the shepherd, when the animal is not behaving well, sometimes it's getting off the track, we use the rod to beat him back in line. When we're trying to cross a river and the, we can't see the ground, it's rough, early rain, it will not be neat. Is this road we try to check how deep? We try to cross a place and the place is bushy, all forest here, forest here, and we need to pass. Is this road we push and bend bush, bend bush, and create a pathway for the animal? When we are tired, because most of the work of a shepherd, you do it from morning till evening standing. And when you are weary and tired, you lean on the road. So this rod has been in Moses' hand for close to 40 years. But how do you acquire the rod? The mother tree developed a branch that produced fruit. You might go there and cut the branch and use knife to peel off the bark, peel off the leaves, and make a rod out of, out of it. For his own use, he needs to walk in stick. God made trees. Man made rods. God made men. Men make slaves. It's when a man wants to serve his own interest. He destroys the destiny of another. Left to this branch, if you leave it on the mother tree in the bush, it will be producing. But because the man needs a rod, the man needs to be walking about. He needs a third leg. He goes to dismember this branch and destroy its destiny destiny, destroy its productivity, destroy its capacity to fruit. In fact, become dry. Again, because it's been cut off from supplies. It becomes smooth because of daily, daily touching and handling. It becomes smooth. Flannel rods, cattle, rare rods, they're smooth as a result of handling. You can't see it and believe that it was once 
a fruitful stuff. Somebody dealt a knife on it. Somebody dealt a cutlass on it and destroyed its history and dismember it from its roots and origin and make a rod out of it. And God said, now you are going to see something in form of restoration that you may know that God can restore things that have been destroyed. That's why David said in the book of Psalm, he restoreth my soul. So put the rod there. Said so I rod and I staff. Now the rod we use to scold with the rod, with, but the staff is also something else. When kings come to throne and governors want to institute their authority, they give them staff. So whether you are talking of a staff as of authority, operational, or a rod as of walking stick and staff. It's the same thing. You go to a mother tree and dismember it. But in the presence of God, the Bible says that in his presence is the fullness of joy. So put it there. Overnight. By the next morning, the Bible says that Moses came and found out that the rod of Aaron, the greenness had restored. Overnight, the leaves are back. Overnight, the flowers are back. Overnight, the fruits are back. And the fruits were in stages on the same branch. He said it budded, it flowered, it blossomed, it yielded almonds. So it had three categories of development on it. Such that when the ones that are matured, when you are harvesting that, the ones that are budding are arriving. When you are harvesting that, the ones that are flowering are arriving. From this morning, you are going to eat a harvest for a long time. I have a a crusade ground near in the premises of my church. The crusade ground is at the back of my church. From what brother Ibanji, whom you know more than I do, since 34 years he was referring to, I think I've seen him only once. <laughs> He had to remove the mask before. Also, this is Oyebanji again. Of course, you know the Oyebanji you know 34 years ago is not this one. <laughs> not the girl, that girl that was brought into the service. <laughs> because time had passed. I have been doing crusades for 45 years. And where I do my crusade, I have the ground behind my church. I used to do my crusade in the Lawrence City Stadium. But when the place became too small, I bought a place where I now do my crusade. Inside that place, there's a very big tree we pack under it. If you put your hand around the tree, your hand will not meet. Because the tree was big. I was preaching. 
And an evil wind, a rain, with terrible storm, came to town. And this wind wanted to carry me from the altar and throw me down. I held onto the pulpit for 45 minutes to anchor my balance. And when the wind stopped, the wind had gone to town, pulled down houses everywhere, pulled down buildings, and removed this tree that I am talking about. It uprooted the tree and lay it on the ground. The roots were out. And the oceans, because it was limiting movement, the oceans went and got a saw to remove, cut off the branches and pack it up so we can have somewhere to pass. And remain a stump about my height. It was like one foot, six feet. And this stump was on the ground. Dry. One day, as the crusade was going on, we were praying. Two o'clock in the afternoon, not in the night. If it happened in the night, people are likely to say, ah, we don't know what happened. Two o'clock in the afternoon, the stump on the ground stood up and put its roots back and stood straight and started to produce leaves. When Brother Shegun Adeleke from uh, Ikoi Baptist Church, he visited the Lord recently, he said, can I see the tree? I said, come. Ask him. He's a Baptist pastor in Equi. Come and see. This is it. He came with Reverend Olawi, Emmanuel Baptist Church, Lauren. That things that were uprooted by adversity can stand up again. That things that were afflicted by the devil and the worst had taken place. When the worst has ended its tenor, God's best and story. Look at me. If this event did not take place, that tree will be there. Nobody will talk about it. But because of the adversity that happened to it and it came back up, we are talking about it everywhere. I invited University of Illinois Botany Department. I said, I would like to come over here and see something that happened. I wrote an official letter to University of Illinois and the professors of botany came to our prayer ground in our church and took soil samples. This is a normal soil. They took the grass. This grass is normal. Everything here is normal. So what happened here? And they wrote a report which is in the archives of the University of Illinois, and also gave me a, a copy of it which is in my drawer, that what happened here is beyond science. That it cannot be explained, and it has never been read in any book, it's not in the books, that a tree this big, not a flower, came down, 
dried up and during prayer stood up back. It's not in the books. I'm praying here this morning. So I've not just read a Bible history to you of something that happened with Moses and Aaron and the rest of them. I have seen it. And here it will repeat. Stand up on your feet. Ba ba ye jekijo barende ba ba ye jekijo barebo
dry roads in your presence. People whose fountains have dried up. Their business lines have dried up. Their fountain of joy have dried up. Their peace have dried up. Their finances have dried up. Their family settlement has dried up. And it has dried up for long. And there appears to be no hope of restoration. In your presence this morning. The same way that the rod of Aaron tarried in your presence only for a night. And by the next day it became a fruitful tree again. So much that what the mother tree in the forest will even use a whole season to achieve. He achieved it overnight. I'm praying here this morning that there will be a quick miracle. The Holy Spirit will work out a quick miracle for somebody. So shall it be. Something that science cannot explain. Watch out for it. The Holy Spirit is moving here. And is moving around you. It's all over me. He's moving me around. He's moving me around. He's moving me around. 